This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Ever been so bone-weary that you just can't wait to crawl under the covers and drift off to sleep? Well, in tonight's episode of Father Knows Best, all Jim Anderson wants to do is to go to bed early. But everyone seems to conspire against him. Mother, is Maxwell House the best coffee in the whole world? Well, your father says so, and your father knows best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons, brought to you by Maxwell House, the coffee that's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand of coffee at any price. Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. When you get right down to it, life today can be pretty complicated. You can't simplify things the way Cervantes did when he wrote, There's a time for some things and a time for all things. A time for great things and a time for small things. If you wrote a thing like that today, you know what they'd say? They'd say, what kind of time? Daylight saving or standard? See what I mean? Life has become very confusing. And in Springfield, in the white frame house on Maple Street, the Andersons will probably confuse it still further. Like this. I don't know what's gotten into me lately. I keep yawning all the time. Yes, dear. Yes, I must be getting old. Yes, dear. Well, you don't have to agree with me. <laughs> Margaret. Hmm? Oh. oh, I'm sorry, dear. I guess I wasn't listening. I was just reading... Jim, you're not going to spread those maps all over the floor again. Why not? Because you disrupt the entire household. That's why not. And furthermore... Dad! Just a second, honey. What is it, bud? Is it all right if I wear your blue denim shirt? No, it isn't all right. Use your own. Good gosh. <laughs> what were you saying, dear? I was saying, why can't you listen to a news broadcast like anyone else? You don't see other people spreading maps all over the floor. For your information, my pet, General MacArthur would rather be caught dead than listen to a news broadcast without his maps. Well, if it makes you and General MacArthur happy, by... Dad! Oh, what is it, bud? It's in the wash. What is? My denim shirt and the pants, too. Well, then wear something else. But I've got the denim pants on. <laughs> what denim pants? Yours. <laughs> but... Jim, he's going on a hayride And I didn't want him to wear any of his good clothes And I knew you wouldn't mind But... Yes, Dad? 
Take the denim shirt. Thanks, Dad. You're a pal. Yeah. And Margaret. Yes, dear. In the future, please let me handle the trouser concession. All right, dear. Gotten so a man can't call his pants his own. Uh, anytime I want to wear something, Bud has it on. Jim, you've done nothing but yawn ever since you got home. Why don't you go to bed? I'm going to bed right after the news broadcast. And I'd give ten bucks to be able to sleep until noon. Well, tomorrow's Sunday. Why don't you? Golf, eight o'clock. Oh, Jim. Hi, parents. What cooks with the do and don't department? The what? Uh, never mind, Margaret. She just came in on a flying saucer. We're not supposed to understand. Oh. Father. Don't pay any attention to her, and she'll probably dissolve into thin air. <laughs> what is it, Betty? I thought you had a date with Dick Andrews. Oh, there's lots of time. Look. Which nail polish do you like best? If that isn't a weird setup. Betty, you aren't going out that way, are you? With eight different shades of nail polish? Of course not. But which one do you like best? The one you've got on your thumbs. I don't have any on my thumbs. That's the one I like best. <laughs> Mother. They all look very nice, dear. And I really think you ought to get dressed. Oh, pretty soon. I was just thinking about the piece of apple pie that was left over from dinner. Well, it's in the icebox. It won't be for long. Creepers, if somebody only tell me which shade they like best, I wouldn't have all this trouble. Oh, good grief. Anytime I decide to go to bed early... I'll get it. But can't you learn to walk down the stairs? <laughs> One of these days, the whole house is going to collapse. Did you want me, Dan? No, just answer the door. That's what I was going to do. Well, go ahead. Didn't you want something? I want you to see who rang the doorbell. I heard you call me, and I thought you wanted something. Bud. Yes, Dad? Please, answer the door. You bet, Dad, right away. I think he lies in bed at night trying to figure out ways to torment me. <laughs> no. Dear, you're just tired, and after you've had a good night's rest, everything will seem much brighter. Well, I hope you're right. And I don't care who it is, Margaret. I'm not going to stay up after 10 o'clock. No, dear, but we can't be rude, can we? Maybe you can't, but I can. <laughs> 10 o'clock is my limit. Who is it, bud? It was Willie Freehoffer, and boy, did he ever look funny. His hat was way down over his ears, and he said he couldn't help it because that was the only size they had. But if they can't get one to fit him, he's going to stuff it full of newspaper, and then he thinks it'll fit better. What did he want? Hmm? Oh, he brought a telegram. Here you are, Dad. Uh, just any time at all. We'll be fine. <laughs> you should have seen him, Mom. He had this Western Union hat on, and you could hardly see his face. And he had to hold his head way back like this. No! Yes, he did, Dad. You see, he had the hat way in the back. She can't come. Not again. Jim, it isn't your Aunt Martha. It certainly is my Aunt Martha. Oh. Look at it. Arrive Sunday, be at depot with children, 8 o'clock, Aunt Martha. Didn't even say love. <laughs> and it's only nine words. It wouldn't have cost her anything. <laughs> Jim. Just a minute, honey. But... Aren't you supposed to go on a hayride? Sure. Well, go ahead. I don't have to leave for ten minutes. Uh, dear, your father and I have something to discuss. Oh, okay. I was just thinking. Remember the piece of apple pie that was left over from dinner? Betty thought of it first. What? 
She's in the kitchen with it now. She had two pieces for dinner. Betty, wait a minute. I want to talk to you. Jim, why doesn't your Aunt Martha ever give us more notice? I don't know, honey. Now I've got to work all night to tidy up the house. Oh, it looks fine. Just the way it, it is. It doesn't at all. And you know how fussy she is. Sure. She's afraid she might get a little dust on one of her thousand-dollar bills. <laughs> oh, crab. Jim? Free room and board at the Andersons. No wonder she's rich. She never spends anything. <laughs> Jim, Kathy's coming. Old buzzard. A fine Sunday I'm going to have. Kathy, where on earth have you been? In the kitchen. I was watching Betty make a sandwich. A sandwich? What happened to the pie? I ate it. <laughs> Why aren't you in bed? It isn't time. It certainly is time. It's almost nine o'clock. It isn't even eight o'clock. Kathy, stop arguing with me and go to bed. But you said I could stay up until 8.30. Well, look at the hall clock. It's almost nine. No, dear, it isn't quite five minutes of eight. And besides... Oh, I guess I forgot to tell you. I turned all the clocks back. You did? Jim, whatever on earth for? Because tomorrow is the last Sunday in September. We go back to standard time at two o'clock. And I certainly don't intend to get up at two o'clock in the morning to fix a bunch of clocks. <laughs> Jim, you aren't supposed to turn the clocks back. You're supposed to turn them ahead. Margaret. The principle of daylight saving is to save daylight, right? Well, yes. So but... you turn the clocks back in September and gain the hour you lost in April. <laughs> That's uh, simple enough, isn't it? If you turn them back, dear, how can you gain anything? You gain the hour you lost because you get it over again. <laughs> you have the same hour twice. You can't gain anything by going backward. You have to go forward. Not with clocks, you don't. You turn them back. Daddy. What is it, Kathy? You turned them back in April. I did not turn them back in April. I turned them ahead. Jim, you said in April that we gained an hour of daylight. That's right, because it stayed early later. I mean, it, <laughs> it got later early. Margaret, the sun stayed up longer. Why? Because it got late later. Kathy, I think you'd better go to bed. But Daddy said we lost an hour in April, and he turned the clocks backwards. Now we ought to turn them frontwards. Kathleen, no matter what I did in April, tomorrow we do not turn the clocks ahead. No? No. I already did. <laughs> Kathy. Jim, she was only doing what she thought was right. Well, she had no business doing anything. If you don't understand the principle of daylight saving, you don't move the clocks around. But Mommy said... Never mind what Mommy said. You didn't see her changing the clocks, did you? No. Jim. Yes? I moved them ahead, too. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure that's what you're supposed to do. The paper said you gained an hour. You gain an hour by turning the clocks back. Well, what time is it? How do I know the way everybody gets the clocks all messed up? Betty? Yes, Father? What time does it say on the kitchen clock? A quarter of four. <laughs> well, that's a great help. 
What's all the fuss about, Dad? Oh, nothing, nothing at all. It's just that people shouldn't mess around with things they don't understand. Daddy's mad because I moved the clocks ahead. It's perfectly all right, dear. You meant well. I didn't know I was going to get everything mixed up. You don't have to worry, Dad. Kathy didn't spoil anything. What do you mean? Well, she told me she turned the clocks ahead, so I turned them back. (laughs) But, you moron! What? You didn't turn them back. You couldn't. Why couldn't I? Because I turned them back, too. Oh, Betty. Well, I thought I was just making it the right time. Jim, where are you going? I'm going to find out what time it is. You've got the clocks in this house so mixed up, we can't tell if it's Wednesday or Friday. Daddy, it's Saturday. Thank you very much. At the tone, the time will be 8, 58, and 40 seconds. There, now we know. From now on, please leave the clocks alone. What time is it, dear? What she said, 8.50, uh, uh, one minute to nine. Nine? To nine? Gosh, I ought to be in bed. Good night, everybody. Oh, Mother, I'm half an hour late now, and I've got on eight shades of nail polish. What am I going to do? Holy cow, I missed the whole hayride. Betty, stop moaning. Get dressed and go. But my nails... They'll never notice the nails. I'm ruined. My whole life is... Good night, everybody. The last hayride of the year, and I missed it. Maybe they waited for you, bud. They couldn't. There was a rule. No waiting for anybody. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. I made up the rule. (laughs) Daddy! You know, this whole thing is very interesting. It merely proves what I've been telling you for years. If you don't understand something, leave it alone. You see what happened? Betty's late for her date. Bud missed his hayride. And what time was your broadcast, dear? Eight o'clock. Oh, my gosh. Daddy. Not now, please, Kathy. Everybody be quiet. And so we bring to a close this full hour of news broadcasting from around the world. Tune in again. Oh, Jim, dear. Uh, what was it you wanted to say, Kathy? Good night, everybody. Let's watch where we're going. What? You're bumping into everybody. Pardon me. Betty, hold your brother's eyes open. I'll hold them open, Daddy. You should have seen them stare at me, Father. You'd have thought I was a freak or something. Just because my nails didn't match. Pardon me. Fine telegram. Doesn't say what train she's coming on or where she's leaving from. Just be there at 8 o'clock. Daddy, I can't reach his eyes. Shall I stick him with a pin? Uh, Never mind, Kathy. Skip the whole thing. Gee whiz. Pardon me. All right, Bud. That's enough. Let's wake up. Bud. Why don't we just prop him up against a post and pretend we don't know him? He'll come to in a little while. Bud? Bud! 
breakfast. Hmm, what? <laughs> All right, now stay away. Somebody said breakfast. They did? Well, whoever could it have been? Hey, we're at the station. How do we get down here? <laughs> we'll uh, draw your diagram as soon as we find Aunt Martha. What happened to the information booth? It's in back of the magazine stands. Where'd they move the magazine stand? It's right over there, Daddy. See? Stick everything into a corner where you can't see it. Come on, bud. This is no time to sit down. People get arrested for yelling fire when there isn't any fire. Why should she yell breakfast when there isn't any breakfast? <laughs> it was a joke, Dopey. Some joke. Well, it woke you up. I was waking up anyway. You didn't have to yell breakfast. And Cornelia said, These are my jewels, my children. What? <laughs> Never mind, I was just mumbling. Here's the information booth, Daddy. Thank you, Kathy. You're a great help. I am? You certainly are. Boy, is this a mixed-up morning. I uh, beg your pardon. We have a wire from an aunt of mine telling us to meet her here at 8 o'clock, and we don't know exactly where she's coming from, so could you give us any information about any train that's supposed to arrive here anywhere in the neighborhood of that time? Eh. <laughs> I said we have a wire from an aunt of mine. Uh, what do you mean you don't know where she's coming from? Well, my aunt was staying with my cousins in Bedford. That's where the wire came from, and there isn't any train in Bedford. So? Well, Bedford's halfway between Lancaster and New Canaan, and there's a station in Lancaster on the Lackawanna and St. Paul, and a station in New Canaan on the Springfield and Northern... Uh, wait a minute. This is the information desk. I'm supposed to be telling you. <laughs> Let's not stand on ceremonies. Is there a train from either place at 8 o'clock? Uh, which 8 o'clock? Eastern, Central, Mountain, or Pacific Coast? Suppose we try Central. Oh, let me see. Hmm. Nope. No train at 8 o'clock. How about Eastern? Uh, Eastern, Oh, here we are. New Canaan. 8 o'clock? 11.30. <laughs> Look, is there any train due in here at 8 o'clock? A.M. or P.M. I don't know. She just said to meet her at 8 o'clock. Well, wait till I get my book. I'll look it up. You do that. Father, Bud's asleep again. Well, let him sleep. One of us might as well be having a good time. Where's Kathy? I don't know. Kathy! All you have to do is leave her alone for ten seconds. Kathy! She was standing right next to me a minute ago. Well, see if you can find her before she breaks one of the locomotives. <laughs> Bud. Bud! Hmm? We've lost Kathy. Good. <laughs> Bud. Do you want me to say it again? No, just go find your sister. Okay. Kathy! Attention, please. This is your last call for the new Westerner, leaving on track four for Plainfield, Rockville, Middletown, Fitzgerald, Madison, and Plymouth Junction. The dining car is forward and is now open for breakfast. Hmm? What? <laughs> but we can't find Kathy. Somebody said breakfast. <laughs> we'll all have breakfast in a few minutes. Why don't you go look for Kathy? Where'd she go? We don't know where she went. Just look for her. Holy cow. 
wake you up in the middle of the night, and then you can't even have your breakfast. Well, I got all the information for you on that 8 o'clock train. Fine. There isn't any. <laughs> but there must be. She said to meet her at 8 o'clock. We got one at 7.45. Well, that's close enough. Which one is it? It don't run on Sunday. <laughs> I have a telegram right here in my pocket. I'll show it to you. Were you calling me, Daddy? Where have you been? I was looking at the comics. Well, where are they? On the magazine stand. Oh, those comics. What happened to Betty and Bud? I don't know. Did they get lost? They're looking for you. But I'm here. See that you stay here. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess we're a little confused this morning. You're a little confused. People come up and they don't know where they're going. Oh, I'm sorry. Eight o'clock, seven o'clock, Eastern, Central. How am I supposed to figure it out? Some of them don't even know where the people are coming from. That's me Oh Well Now what are we supposed to do? Shall we dance? Father All right, Betty, I found her I wasn't lost Oh, Father, the most horrible thing just happened You found Aunt Martha I got a run in my stocking. Oh. I can't walk around here like this. Look at it. Dad. What is it, Bud? There's a big cafeteria over at the other end, and you can get all kinds of breakfast. Later, Bud, later. For only 85 cents, you can get eggs and cereal and milk I and... said later. And everything. Look, miss, I want you to read the telegram for yourself. Arrive Sunday, be at depot with children at 8 o'clock. Now, what could be clearer than that? What depot? This depot? How many depots are there in Springfield? Train depot, freight depot, bus depot. Bus depot? Oh, no. Is something wrong, Daddy? She probably came in on a bus. Is there a bus from Bedford at 8 o'clock? Mister, I got enough trouble keeping track of the train. (laughs) Betty, what time is it? 8.15. Oh, the poor thing. She's probably sitting in the bus depot worrying about us. We'd better get right over there. Oh, hey, wait a minute. There's a 7 o'clock train from New Canaan. Maybe that's the one she meant. She said 8 o'clock. It never gets in until 8. Well, where is it? It won't be in until 9. <laughs> oh, my aching back. Now what do we do? Well, why don't we split up, Father? You go to the bus depot and we'll stay here. All right. Why don't I go home? <laughs> You're going to stay here and meet Aunt Martha, all of you. But maybe she got tired of waiting and took a cab. That's got nothing to do with it. I'm going to the bus depot, and you're going to stay here. Father, what if she did take a cab? With her own money? Don't be ridiculous. (laughs) Daddy! And I don't want any trouble with you. I didn't do anything. I was just thinking. Me too. Why don't you call Mommy and tell her what happened? What? And then if Aunt Martha calls, she can tell her not to worry. Say, that's a very good idea. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, we'll call your mother and get her straightened out, and then I'll take off at the bus depot. The phone's right here, Daddy. Thank you, Kathy. I don't know what I'd have done without you today. Father. What is it, Betty? Do we all have to stay here? I mean, couldn't you take Kathy with you? I'll be glad to take her with me. She's a joy and a pleasure compared with some of my numbskull children. What did we do? 
Hello? Oh, Margaret, this is Jim. Oh, Jim, I've been trying to reach you all over town. Honey, if Aunt Martha calls, tell her I'm on my way over to the bus depot. Jim. And I'm leaving the kids at the station in case she's on the 7 o'clock train. Jim. And no matter what she says, tell her she's not to worry. Jim. Margaret, I haven't got time to talk. Jim, will you please listen to me? Yes, dear. What is it? Right after you left, we got another telegram from Aunt Martha. She isn't coming. Oh, no. <laughs> It's an ill wind that blows no good. And civilization goes forward on a succession of disasters such as those which constantly befall the Andersons. Take, we'll take the sad events of the past weekend. They had their effect on the progress of man in a great many ways. For example, in the arts. I'm a success, Mother. I'm a success. Oh? I'm the biggest thing in Springfield since Hattie Carnegie. Betty, will you please stand still? Do you know what happened in school today? Every girl on the campus was wearing eight shades of nail polish. The sciences. Did you know that the roost toxicodendron emits a glucoside that causes violent itching even after it's all dried up? Roost what? Poison ivy. What about it? It was mixed up with the hay and everybody who went on the ride is sick in bed. <laughs> and general education. in the whole class who knew about daylight saving. Well, that's fine, dear. And next April, when the clocks go back... Kathy, mm, mm, mm. they don't go back in April. They go ahead. Oh, I know. I mean, when they go back on daylight saving. Well, what about it? Well, I'll just know why. That's all. Good. Jim. Yes, Margaret? I understand all about the clocks and why you turn them back. Yes? But I certainly think someone ought to tell the newspapers. What? Well, they're the ones who get everybody confused. If they just said we lose an hour, then naturally we turn the clocks back. But we don't lose an hour. We gain an hour. If you turn the clocks back... Margaret, you get the hour over again. That's why they say you gain an hour. If it's 8 o'clock and you turn your watch back to 7 o'clock, then you've got 60 whole minutes to live over again. If you turn them ahead, you skip an hour and you lose it. That's why the newspapers again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. So until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee, always good to the last drop. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. Now stay tuned in for Dragnet, which follows immediately over most of these stations.
Stay tuned for The Green Hornet next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now it's time for The Green Hornet and the episode, The Corpse That Wasn't There. The Green Hornet. the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet, Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, The Corpse That Wasn't There. The Green Hornet strikes again. Case and Ed Lowry were returning to the Daily Sentinel after lunch. The streets were crowded, and as they took their last corner, a man hurrying from the opposite direction ran into them. Oh, excuse me, I'm in a hurry. Hey, why don't you watch where you're going, you... I tell you, Casey, sometimes I think they need traffic lights on the sidewalk, too. Are you okay? Yes, except for my handbag. Oh, wait, here it is on the sidewalk. Hey, this yours, too? What? This letter. No, not mine, it... It's already been mailed, hasn't it? Yeah. Mailed and unsealed. Hmm. Uh-uh, Lowry. Never mind your reporter instincts. Not right to look at other people's mail. Well, not that I wasn't going to open it. I... Well, what do we do with it? Throw it away? It may be important. Hmm. Mr. Ernest Kegler. It's probably the joker who bumped into you. Well, why should we bother with it? Well, give it to me, Lowry. I'll call him up from the office. Look at the time. We'd better hurry. <laughs> Hello, Miss Case. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Reed. Anything important? No, it's been pretty quiet all morning. Here's your mail. Oh, thanks. Yeah, let's... Wait, this one. This isn't mine, Miss Case. Oh, yes, that's a letter that someone dropped on the street. I've been trying to reach him by phone. Do you mind if I try now? Oh, no, go right ahead. I'll glance at my letter. Hello, switchboard. Yes, this is Lenore, Helen. Will you try that number again? It's a... <laughs> yes, that's right. It's a letter from Clicker Benny. She's a second officer in the wax now. Uh-huh, in North Africa. Have that posted on a bulletin board, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, Helen. Oh. Hello, Kay, thanks. Maybe he does work in a factory or someplace. No, no, I won't bother. Goodbye. Huh? Still no answer. Why not just put it in the envelope and send it to him? I guess that's the easiest thing. Hey, wait a minute. Is this the address? Yes. That's right in my way home. I'll tell you what, Miss Case, I'll drop it off there myself. How's that? There's house. I come back in one moment. 
Well, that didn't take you long. Cato, you've still got the letter. Mr. Britt, please. I see something through the window. You come look. What's that? Please, you come with me. All right. Look there. You see? I'll be... Cato, try the door. Come on, watch out. Easy now. What do you think, Mr. Bruce? Oh, it's obvious. All we needed was one look. Where's the phone? On the table. What's the matter? I don't get a dial tone, Kato. This telephone wire has been cut. Oh, that's very bad. I'll get to the nearest phone and call the police. You stay here, Cato. Oh, this is very sad. Too bad for him. Yes. Oh, that's Mr. Britt. Hello? Mr. Britt? You? Mr. Briggs? Now to get busy. Kato, you're all right. Come on, you're all right. That's it. Come on now. Mr. Briggs, what happened? That's what I want to know. Found you in the hall when we got here. Got a bump on the top of her head like an egg. Looks like a blackjack. Who was it? I don't know. What happened? Well, I went in the room like you say. Then I hear a door close. I think it's you. I call and come out. Mr. Britt, I hear voices. Hmm? Voices back in the room. You were there. Well, just a police kato. They're checking on the body. Forget it. Now, go on. You came out this door. And then what? Somebody close by me say, get him. I try to see who it is, but something hit me on the head. That's all. That's all except... Where is the letter? The letter we came here to deliver? Well, you had it. I had it no more. Letter's gone. So that's what they wanted. Hey, Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed. Oh, yes, what is it, officer? Hey, what kind of a joke is this? Joke? Murder's no joke. Sure, that's what I mean. What was the idea of calling up the police and having all this... Yeah, yeah, what are you going to... What are you people doing in my house? What are those cars outside the door? Who are you? Who am I? Who am I? I? I live here. My name is Ernest Kegler. What does this mean? I come home... Now, just I... a moment, Mr. Kegler. My name is Reed. I am publisher of the Daily Sentinel. Tell me, what's a dead man doing in your living room? What kind of privacy can I put... What's that? A dead man in my living room? Yes. Murdered. Now, hold on. Wait a minute. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Mr. Reed, if you're playing a joke, you're carrying it too far. Joke? What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Take a look in that room. There's no murdered man. There's nobody at all. I have noticed myself. 
When I got back there, Kate was lying in the hall. I didn't go into the living room at all. The police went in. That's the strangest thing I ever heard of, Mr. Reed. The body was gone. No trace of it. If it hadn't been for the broken telephone wire, I might have believed it was a dream. And Kato and you both had the same dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are the police going to do? Take you to a psychiatrist? No, not quite. After all, they realized I wouldn't phone about nothing. They've decided that Kato and I walked in on a practical joke. Someone was just playing dead. That's it. And got up and beat it after Kato left the room, I suppose. And what about using a blackjack on Kato? Was that to make the joke more practical? Well, I haven't figured that one out yet. Oh, good grief. All this because you delivered a lost letter. Well, that reminds me. The letter was gone, too. Cato had it, and then when he... Hello, boss. Hi, Casey. Hello, Laurie. Well, Laurie. That's real blank, boss. You stayed with the police, didn't you? Sure. And like you said, I hung right on their shoulders while they checked up on this Ernest Kegler guy. The one who owned the house. Well, that's on the level. It is his house. He's on the level all the way. Name's Ernest Kegler, and he does own the house, and he's even got fingerprint proof of identification. Fingerprints, Mr. Reed. A criminal record. That's Casey. Don't jump the gun. This guy works in a war plant. That's how he had fingerprints. Oh. Simon Pura. As the driven snow. <laughs> I don't know, boss. Maybe you and Kato walked in on a fraternity initiation. Seems so. Now, somehow I was sure that when the police investigated Ernest Kegler, they'd run into something. Well, well you saw Kegler. Yeah. Did he look like the man who bumped into Miss Case on the street? I don't know. I didn't get a close look that time. I asked Kegler about a letter, and he said, yes, he'd lost one, but it wasn't important. Well, looks like the end of what might have been a good story for the Sentinel. I'll see you later, Miss Case. But, Mr. Reed, you just arrived. And now I'm leaving. Uh, I'll tell you something else. Kegler and the man I saw lying on the floor looked almost like twins. Goodbye. Holy mackerel. Say, Casey, maybe the boss is crazy. I think about it all day. If it were not for a bump on my head, I would not be sure. You and I are the only ones who are positive, Cato. And with that letter missing... Yes? There's something strange going on, I'm sure of it. Yes, sir. Well, we've been wrong before. We may be wrong again. But at least we're going to find out. Hmm? There's no use sitting around talking about it. Maybe we can use the role of the Green Hornet. Get the mask and the gas gun. We're taking the Black Beauty. <laughs> seconds later, stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passage built within the wall of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed the button. The great car roared into life section of the wall in front raised automatically, then dropped into place as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. Where we go, Mr. Pitt? Same place, Kato. Kegler's home. Here's the street. It's good and dark. 
Get off. Did you see that? Yes, sir. Somebody go in Kegler's front door. It looked like Laurie. I might have known. Laurie's a swell reporter. He always keeps digging. Yes, but in this case, that's not so good for us, no? Uh, it might turn out all right, Kato. In fact, it might be very helpful. Come on. We'll get into that house quietly. We'll be there when Lowry leaves. We might get something. No, no, there isn't anything special I want to see about Mr. Kegler, but I just can't help feeling that the boss did run into something. He's a level-headed guy. Yes, I understand. I read the Sentinel myself, a good newspaper. He just stopped off to do you a favor and return that letter. Huh? The, the one you dropped when we bumped, remember? Oh, yes, but it wasn't important. Uh, please, why don't you forget the whole thing? <laughs> oh, you know us reporters. Maybe there was somebody here. I don't know. Maybe it was a practical joke. But whatever it was or wasn't, it's over and done with. Okay, okay. So you've got your letter, haven't you? No, I haven't. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Well, good night. Yeah, I'll show you to the door. Oh, you don't have to do that. I go to the door, Kato. Yes, sir. We learn nothing yet. Kato, back behind the drapes. We're talking. A reporter was here. I'm worried. But I... All right, if you say so. Yes. Yes, I understand. There's nothing to worry about. So what? All right, I'll destroy the letter at once. Goodbye. Okay, Kegler, hand over that letter. Good. Look out! He has guns! In a house in the suburbs on the other side of the city from Kegler's home, a man named Bolton hung up the phone and crossed to another room. Uh, it was Kegler. Oh? Yeah. The reporter from the Sentinel was nosing around again. I told him to forget it. Nothing's going to go wrong. He's nervous, man. Well, you can't blame him. It was pretty close. Yes. <laughs> it's a lucky thing that fellow we slugged had the letter. I lifted it right from his hand. Yeah, I told Kegler to burn it. We read it already. Uh, say, uh, we've got to do something about, uh, you know, that dead man. Sure, sure. Maybe the other... Oh, shut up, will you? Thank you. Now. Uh, I want to double check. I'm going to call Kegel and make sure he burned that letter. Uh, it's five minutes. He's had plenty of time. That letter would mean I'll finish if it got in the wrong hands. Yeah. It's huh. funny. No answer. Wonder what happened.
Still no answer? Yeah, still no answer. How many times is that? I don't know. Ten, maybe. It's been almost an hour. Maybe he went out. Sure he went out. But why? It's almost midnight. He said nothing to me on the phone about going... Hey. Yeah, come on. Well, where you been? I've been calling you. I, I didn't burn the letter, Bolton. And there's somebody who knows about it. Now, what's eating you? Come in here. It's dark out there. Come on in. Uh, right now, let's have it. What happened to the letter? And what do you mean somebody knows about it? I can tell you, Bolton. Oh, your mask, the green hornet. Stop it. <coughs> Leave it there. Reach for that gun and I pull this trigger. Hey, what's this all about? Kegel, are you pulling a fast Don't one? blame him. He shot at me. Just his tough luck that he missed, that's all. Now, uh, how much is this letter worth, Bolton? Uh, nothing. Why? And what happened to the man who was killed in Kegler's house? What about the what man? Your lip man I'm... Don't kid me, Bolton. You've covered up pretty fast, but I've got ways of finding things out. Who was that dead man? You're off the bay. Was he somebody who knew your setup? Or maybe this Kegler's a fake. Maybe the dead man was the real Kegler. Smart, aren't you? The police might think so. Don't give me that. You're the hornet. You wouldn't go to the police. If I can't get it from you, maybe I can get it from your stooge here. Come on, Kegler. Come on, we'll let Bolton think about it. Stay here, Kegler. He's coming with me. No, he's not. I don't think you can handle him the right way. Now, me and Mannheim can do that. We'll take... Now, get that gun. I'll oh, shoot him. I can't shoot You won't get a chance. I'll take it one side, Kegler. Oh, yes. Get him, get him. Get him. Oh. That gun, it didn't make a sound. Okay, Kegler, come along. And close your mouth. You look like a fish. Hold it. What's back there? The garage. All right. Go first. We'll take the driveway. Hello. Right here. I find out. Just a moment. Kegler. Yes? Walk up to the garage. Stand there with your back to us. And remember, you make a perfect target against that white background. So don't try anything. What is it? Mr. Britt, I look in the garage. Well? I look in the back. There's a big, heavy trunk. You were right, Mr. Brooke. It was. Fine, fine. That's all I want to know. Now we'll leave a note for Bolton and Mannheim. And we'll see that Kegler gets back to his home. And keeps his mouth shut until tomorrow night. Mannheim. Mannheim, wake up. Come on, snap out of it. Come on, come on, wake up. There's my gun. There's my gun. Oh. oh, it's you. Is he gone? Yeah, him and Kegler both. I found this. It's got the hornet seal on it. That's right. I'll give you one more chance to talk money. Don't try anything till I call. She will be watched. I guess he means business. Yes. 
What about the garage? Well, we'd better do like he says, man. I'm... We just sit tight and wait. Hello? Yes, this is Kegler. No, I'm sorry. I, I won't be to work today. No, I'm not feeling well. Goodbye. I'm not feeling well at all. City room at Lowry talking. What's that? What? Yeah, what about Kegley? Huh? Say, who is this? I said, who... What is it, Laurie? Some guy said if I wanted a story, I should go see Kegler again. Again? Yeah, tonight around midnight. And I don't even know who called. Hello? Is that you, Bolton? I saw you last night, remember? That's right. Sure, stick around. I'll see you again. Oh, say around 9 and 9.30. And no tricks this time. I've been watching from the windows. I haven't seen a thing. Uh, he'll be around. He said so. What are you going to do? I don't know. Get the money for him, but it's pretty tough. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I wish we'd taken care of that, you know, in the trunk in the garage. And have the hornet find out about that? Maybe he already knows. Maybe. I'll tell you one thing we gotta do. You mean Kegler? Yeah. He's scared silly. He's already talked to the hornet. How much we don't know. But he might talk to the police if the pressure gets strong enough. We gotta take care of him. Kill him, huh? Yeah. We gotta do it soon. We can't go. That's the back door. The Hornet? Yeah, who else? Keep your gun out of sight, man. Don't worry. I don't take chances with that fella. Well, what are you waiting for? Open the door. Look at the glass, man. I'm... It's a shadow. No. Looks as if he's leaning right against her. You can't tell. It's that glass that you can't see through. Something peculiar. Oh, well. Look out! Bolton, it, it's the body from the trunk in the garage. Propped up against the door. Who put it there? How did it... I did, Bolton. It's a hornet. You'll know about it. I want to know a lot more. This man's dressed something like Kegler. He looks like Kegler. Who was he? What was his name? Forget it, hornet. This doesn't concern you. I'm mixed up in something. I want to know all about it. Come on, who was he? He's Kegler. Kegler? Oh, I get it. You mean the real Kegler? Yeah. Your friend who calls himself Ernest Kegler? He's... Never mind, I can figure it. He took this man's place, didn't he? Took over his home. This man was kept a prisoner in his own house, isn't that right? Yeah, that's it. And when that, uh, that newspaper publisher told the police he found a dead man there, 
This was the man he saw. Yeah. That was while we were out of the house getting a car. When we got back, we stuck the man we found there. And, and took the body out fast. What was the reason for all that, Bolton? I wanted our man to get a job in a war plant. By using this one's references, he got a good job. Preparing for sabotage, eh? Something like that. But something went wrong, and you had to kill him. A letter came with a code message. Somehow the real Kegler got hold of it. He got out of the house and was on his way to the police. He saw us trailing him and got scared. He dropped the letter. He got up with him a couple of blocks further on and took him back to the house. So that's why the letter was important. Yeah. Look on it. There's two things we gotta do. We need that letter and we gotta take care of this body. It'll cost you money. Here, here. It's plenty. Well, I'll give you... I'll take it all. Thanks. What about your partner? Okay, we'll call him that for convenience. He's nervous. He might spill everything. Certainly. we got to get rid of him. Hello, Mannheim. I was uh, working on that Hornet. I uh, haven't got any ideas. I have an idea, Bolton. I might as well earn this money. It's a good idea. How about making it look like murder and suicide? Murder? Yes, with your friend as the murderer who commits suicide. I'll explain it later. When? When we get to Kegler's house, of course. I suppose you take this man over there in your car. Now, no tricks. I'll be driving right behind you. You're close now, Mr. Britt. Yes, they're turning the corner. Now, don't follow them. Turn here in the alley. They'll stop at the house, all right. Isn't that Kegler's house? Yeah, Casey. It's too early for me to make my call. It's... Oh, look. look. There are two men going toward the front door. They're carrying another man. Ah. See, that guy's either had one thing too many or... Holy man. Wait here, Casey. Oh, where are you going? I'll be right back. We'll open a window. What is it? What did you see? Funny, they're inside now. That man they were carrying was dead. He's on the living room floor. And the hornet's there, too. Good grief. I'll keep watching. You get to a phone and get the cops here as fast as you can. I don't understand. I don't understand why you brought him back here. I don't see why. Okay, Kegler, I'll clear it up for you. Man, I haven't given me a gun. Wipe the print off first. Huh? Here you are. Thanks. Kegler, this is the gun Mannheim used to kill that man. And the idea is to use this gun on you. And then leave it in your hand. Oh. Yes. It will appear that you murdered that man, and now that you've committed suicide. Oh, no. I... Oh, don't let him. Shut up, Kegler. That's the way we want it. It makes us safe, get it? Then the Hornet gives us that letter. We burn it. And... Hey, what's that? Police cops, they're outside. Police. Hornet, Hornet, hurry up. Shoot him. Shoot him. I will, Bolton, but not with your gun, with mine. Take it, Kegler. Oh, no, I... Hey, what good's that? It's a gas. You'll wake yes, up. Bolton, and... he'll wake up and talk to the police, and you'll go to jail. Bolton, we've been fooled. Get him. Get him before You're too late. Shot. I can't breathe. I can't. Hurry, Mr. Britt. Police. Just kid about the back way. Remind me to send this money to the USO. Break the door down. 
all dead? No, no, just one of them. I saw the whole thing from the window, Sarge. And unless I'm nuts, you'll have a spy story that'll hit the headlines. That's fine. But what happened to the Green Hornet? Just heard the adventure, The Corpse That Wasn't There. These exciting dramas are sent to you each week at this same time. They're copyrighted features of the Green Hornet Incorporated. All characters, names, places, and incidents used in this drama are purely fictitious. Bob Hyde speaking. This program has come to you from the studios of WXYZ in Detroit. This is the Blue Network. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's the Screen Guild Theater with Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman recreating their roles in the famous film Casablanca, followed by Inner Sanctum. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.